Hi, this is John Barry. You're on Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. You know, you could either do it God's way or you could do it your way, and your way is always wrong, and God's way is always right. Well, hello, thank you, country music legend John Barry, winner of all sorts of awards. John has released the title track for the soon-to-be-released film Beautifully Broken. Our conversation is coming up in the next few weeks. Welcome to the 94th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to contact me, I'm most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor. I have a great conversation coming up with prolific actor and now full feature director Daniel Roebuck on his new project, the sweet, beautiful film, Getting Grace. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you or your life in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? The best way to do that right now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from your purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Daniel Roebuck is one of Hollywood's most familiar faces, whose acting resume spans 35 years and includes popular television hits like Matlock and Lost, blockbuster films like The Fugitive, and he stars in one of the most watched original series of the past couple years, Amazon's The Man in the High Castle. As a Christian, Daniel was intent on making his directorial debut a film with a message. In Getting Grace, Daniel portrays a small-town mortician whose world is rocked by a rambunctious teenager dying of cancer as she plans for her departure and impacts the lives of those who will survive her. You'll be really touched by the great performance of newcomer Madeline Dundon as the lead role, Grace. The movie premiered at the Northeast Film Festival in Teaneck, New Jersey, where it won Best Feature, Best Director, Best Actress, and the Audience Choice Awards. Today, Daniel and I will talk about his New Day of Grace philosophy of living life, what he feels his job as a Christian is, where we as all Christians tend to get into trouble, and his movie Getting Grace and why its message is so important. Daniel, your acting career spans 35 years, 227 roles, all the way back to Cave Girl. Matlock, the fugitive. Uh, your well, role? you're missing. Hold on, you're missing River's Edge. Oh yeah, River's Edge. Yeah. Uh, like I said, your your career spans 35 years, 227 roles. Cave Girl, Matlock, the fugitive, everything spurred in between. Your performance in The Man in the High Castle. Oh, is fantastic. Thank you. Really, really good. That's but a I, creepy show. I owe you an apology. Uh oh. What, what did I do? You have a. You what have did you long, do? Long, well-respected career, but somehow, the role that came to mind when we when when I was preparing for this interview is your role as a Bowerschwine oh, on yeah. Grimm. Oh, Grimm. <laughs> I made a real pig of myself. Um, well, so now here's the thing you got to know about me, which uh, here's the secret the secret factoid about Daniel Roebuck. When I was a little boy. Uh, I was drawn to show business through a, a couple different ways. And one of them was, I love those old gothic horror movies. I, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I have, I'm in many new horror movies. I'm in all of Rob Zombie's horror movies. 
Uh, and I like being in these movies. Uh, but when I was a kid, it was a gothic horror. And so probably the first time, and I'll say first time I noticed actors were actors, was I realized that Karloff in Frankenstein uh, was 1931 and Karloff in House of Frankenstein was 1941 and in only 10 years he went from being the monster to the old doctor uh and uh and i thought well look at that makeup and they made him look old there and they made him look like frank so i was just so i was all about the makeup making myself up i did Mm -hmm. it all the time uh so when when i do a role where they make me up uh i can't tell you how happy i am that bauer shrine that's a four-hour makeup oh wow i didn't I didn't. I didn't complain not for one second, and uh, I loved every second of it. What fun, huh, man? Yeah, yeah. And it's if it's by the way, if it's four hours to put on, it's two hours to take off. It's always half as long to take it off. Sure, yeah. sure. Want to talk about Getting Grace? Sure. Gosh, let's talk about it. What a neat movie, man! Thank you. What a neat movie. This is your this is your directorial debut, correct? It, it is uh, for feature film. I've made documentaries and many, many. I've directed many plays. Uh, and short films, but Getting Grace is the uh, the the dream come true uh, because I had been looking for this kind of uh, story, and uh, an author named Jeff Lewis wrote a script called Bending Spoons, and it had all of the the, the primary characters in it. Uh, most especially, it had Grace and Bill, this uh, despondent kind of disconnected funeral director, and Grace this effervescent exuberant child dying of cancer so what a great idea you take a kid who loves life but is losing it and a guy who has life but is you know is uh wrapped up in the world of death by profession and also dead inside and you throw them together and uh you know you just you have this uh and i'm not these these are not my words we have uh People have been so gracious about the movie. One one guy, one of my favorite quotes is he said, I, I, I don't know if this is the saddest funny movie I've ever seen or the funniest sad movie I've ever seen. Uh, and, and I think that really wraps it up uh, completely because Grace is so irreverent. And the, honestly, the reason that I, my daughter's name is Grace, so that was a great irony when I read the script. And the character, even though my daughter was 12 and the character in the story was older, when I first got the script, I saw my daughter so completely in the story. Uh, irreverent, uh, obtuse. My, my kid would say, if she knew she could get a laugh, she'd say the worst thing at the worst moment in time. Because comedy is really based on one thing, and that is surprise. If something comes out of someone's mouth that you didn't expect, you know, it's, it's a surprise. And you try to work on those jokes. Like uh, I wrote a joke last night just in a conversation. I said, you know, uh, maybe one day I'll be stupid rich, uh, but I know I'm halfway there. <laughs> so, see, that's a good – see, I made yeah. you laugh. So yeah, you don't good. know what the – as long as you can make someone laugh. Give us a brief synopsis of Getting Grease. So what you're going to see is a movie about a teenage girl. She's dying of cancer. She goes into a funeral home to find out what's going to happen after she dies. And she ends up teaching the funeral director how to celebrate his life. Um, You know, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice in it and be glad. That's what it, that's, it doesn't have a greater meaning than, than that. Uh, I do say it's interesting. When I started the journey, I said, it's about living every day like it's your last. 
And that really suggests that, you know, the bacchanalia of, you know, I want to see, I want to see all the episodes of Andy Griffith without Jack Burns. <laughs> I, I want to watch the funniest odd couples. I want to eat prime rib. That's what, you know, like you think you'll do in your last day. But I realize, honestly, it's like, let's live every day like it's our first. Let's oh, wow. wake up in the morning. Oh, wow. It's, it's a whole different mindset, right? What if you woke up and you held you held no aggression towards another human being. You you had no uh, you forgive everybody because it's a new day. You you don't dig in on politics. Uh, although I I do know that one side generally respects the the idea that we're all entitled to an opinion, and the other side is less respectful of that idea. <laughs> um, so I uh, but. I don't dig in. I don't dig in on anything. I try to wake up every day. I've thought a lot about death uh, through this movie. Um, it's dedicated to uh, a dear friend of mine, Scott Brunel, mm. who is... Uh, nobody tells you your friends are going to die yeah. at this age. Right. So uh, since that point, that's five years, and I thought a lot about death, and I think that I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I can tell you that. If I go tomorrow... Everybody listening to this will go, oh, well, I, you know, I'm not worried about Dan. Uh, and and I, hopefully I have many more years and many more films in me. But I'm, I'm uh, and I do, I try to wake up every day and say, this is a new day. So whatever happened yesterday doesn't ha- isn't happening today. But we bring, you know, look, you know, there's people who bring, they bring events <laughs> of 30 years ago. Into the morning that they right, wake up. Right. How can you get on with your life? Yep. Yep. You know, I actually went to my hometown. I started in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, which is Eden, really. And uh, it survived the death of the Bethlehem Steel. It's come back. It is a vibrant, exciting community for the arts. Uh, we're uh, doing a premiere on March 3rd in Bethlehem, in which we're donating all the money to three, three charities, Six, really. Three are the community theaters I used to work in when I was a boy. Uh, One is the Pediatric Cancer Foundation of the Lehigh Valley. And the third is the Lehigh Valley Charter School for the Arts, um, which is uh, where we're growing artists of the future. Um, See, the problem is, uh, you know, what do they say? Uh, Art is upstream of culture because... Because based on what's on TV and in movies now, we would think it's a despondent, horrible terrible, evil world in which we need superheroes to solve our problems. But you and I know we don't need superheroes to solve our problems. We need, we need Christ on the cross. Absolutely. You know, he solved our problems. That's already done. We just have to, we just have to recognize it, that the problem's been solved and, and live, live accordingly. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do get a little uh, verklempt sometimes when I think about these things. My next movie is uh, also we're going to shoot in the Lehigh Valley. Um, it's called The Hail Mary. And it's uh, about a, an irascible nun who finds this guy. She knows he needs one more shot at redemption. So she cons him into creating a, a football team for her all-boys Catholic School at risk teen school was the working title of this taken knee. Yeah, yeah, we ch- you know the thanks, thanks, thanks NFL. Sorry, uh, 
for ruining my uh, title. But, you know, it's, it is interesting. I thought Take a Knee was the best title because I wanted to remind people, I mean, Take a Knee, you know, uh, bow before, you know, this greater thing and recognize your fallibility and humanness. But really, the Hail Mary is a much better title. Sure. Like the Hail Mary, what do you do when you have nothing to lose? Right. So, and that's where this guy is. He's at a point in his life where it's this or disaster, or, or he's already at disaster. But anyway, in, in Getting Grace, I wanted to just get back to that. So I filmed it in my hometown, cast out of the Lehigh Valley. And you can, if you watch the movie, you'll see my dad in a, in a scene going into a funeral my mom wouldn't be on camera but we threw her voice in there She's, really yeah i was going to put my dad there's a scene where bodies in a coffin and we ended up uh having a special <laughs> an academy award-winning special effects guy barney berman uh who's a buddy of mine he made the body because i was going to put my dad in the coffin and i thought hey he'll fall asleep and ruin every take and as it is he has a credit in the film as the man who accidentally stepped into the most shots <laughs> Because he would come by, hey, are you filming? Uh, well, hold on, cut. Yeah, Dad, we were filming. Uh, but now we're, now we're not filming. Because, see, you're standing on that side of the camera where it's fo- paint, pointed. You should stand on this side of the camera. Yeah, we used, uh, and my, my daughter worked on the movie. And my son Buster, in the greatest casting coup of all time, plays my character in a flashback. No kidding. So when you watch the movie, uh, you guys, so check the, go to www.gettinggracethemovie.com. You can see the trailer in person, and you'll see um, my son, um, you know, and you'll think, how did they find a guy who looks just like you, but younger? And also, we embedded local music in, into the movie from the Lehigh Valley, which uh, was also great. When we're making these movies... We got to make them like the Andy Griffith show or like Blindside. We got to have people be entertained and then get the, and then on the way home the next day. And I'll tell you this this is a fact. People call, write, email all of us who have been part of this movie and say, I can't stop thinking about the movie. I can't stop thinking about the movie. Because we open so many questions within the dialogue of the film about faith and, and, you know, Grace's announcement at the end is, I just figured out faith isn't about holding on to what you believe, it's letting go of it. And how, how, how can we really, really experience faith as faithful people unless we assume we might be wrong, but we still believe? That's faith. Faith isn't telling people, uh, I'm, I'm, forgive me, I'm no theologian, but faith, as far as I understand it, is not, is not telling people what they should believe it's living a life of example and and trying to entice them to your point of view through example and me as me as a christian uh, catholic christian you know none of it makes sense to me let's let's be honest right okay he died on the cross he suffered died and was buried on the third day he rose again what like right. you better, you better have faith to believe in that possibility. Right. Just because it it says it doesn't mean it's true. We know it's true in our heart, but we. It's not my job to tell people this is what you have to believe. It's my job to show people how how Christ, how Christ exemplified a life well lived and live a life like that. And then when someone says, you know, oh well, Dan forgave me for the injustice I did him then they, you know, I don't have to tell them what Christ would do. I did it. Yeah. 
It's the example you live in being able to answer the why, and that is in the example of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well put, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, do you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I think I'm, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be an outsider in this, in, this, in this world. Every one of us is given, that's the genius of God's great gift to us is our, our individual ability to assess information. Like if each one of us, instead of telling people what to believe, lived a life that was what, what we believe, we might, we might convert one guy. And if we all converted one guy, that's all we have to each convert, one guy. If you convert one guy, you're done. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we make this harder than it really is. That's all we need. Getting grace is full of that underlying redemption, uh, message of redemption. And not overt Christian redemption, but personal redemption of who they are at, at the core. Uh, Daniel, this, this movie has been really well received. It, it seems to really struck a chord. It's received more than a handful of film festival accolades. It, it, it seems to be off to a really good start. Well, you know what's interesting? So, the, the, I love. It's very great. Those awards are great, and you know this Maddie Dundon, this girl that I discovered. I literally went to my Catholic high school, the, my same high school, and pulled this kid out of high school, and she'll she'll be a movie star for the rest. She already has a better agent than I do, and that's not even a joke. That's a fact. Uh, no offense, Harry Gold, uh, but. Um, <laughs> The kid, uh, you know, and by the way, whenever someone says no offense, they've just said yeah, something yeah, offensive. Yeah. So that's like when someone says, yeah, when someone says, you know, I don't mean to butt in. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna. Um, no offense, Harry Gold. What was is more heartwarming than the rewards, I swear to you, is that what I've witnessed with this movie, especially like at film festivals, we sold out two screenings at a film festival and they, at the last minute, they did an email blast saying, you know, we're going to give you one more chance to see Getting Grace, but it's at 8.30 at night on the last night of the festival when everything else is done. And yet, we almost filled that theater and a woman said in the Q&A, she said, ask how many people have seen it before. A crazy question because it only played twice in Glens Falls, New York. I said, how many people have seen it before? Twelve people raised their hand. And I said, how many people saw it three hours ago? Six people raised their hand. They walked out of the movie and they walked right back into the same movie. Wow. So I know that we've got something here that, that is um, potentially a movement so the other thing, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm couching my words because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give myself any credit that uh, I don't deserve. I think uh, I just wrote an article called "Getting Grace, Getting Made," in which I, I credit f- completely God's hand in the entire creation of this movie. From the time I said we're going to do it and we're going to do it now, my wife and I were doing an, I was doing another movie in, in Atlanta, and I said let's just do it. And from that point on, everything fell into place. Uh, even, even if I can just tell you something crazy, you know, I didn't have all the money. And I sat down. I was going to do Man in the High Castle. And they just called me at the last minute to go to Canada. I was coming back on an airplane. A guy got on an airplane next to me in, Can- in uh, Chicago. We both had our seats changed at the last moment. I'm talking to the guy in an hour and 12-minute flight. And he and his sister became two of my primary investors. Uh, you, if you could see, wow. if you could see your face, that's exactly. You tell me that's not God's hand. That's the hand of God. That's dude. the hand of God. And let me. <laughs> t- and I'll tell you something else. The crazy thing is, the way it happened was he. We're flying. 
And the guy says, oh, I invested in a movie once. And I'm like, wait, what? You invested in a, like, here I am looking for money. He said, I invested in a movie once. Yeah, what's it called? He goes, well, you've never heard of it. Well, I don't know. What's it called? He told me the name. And I said, no, I've heard of that. Someone from the Lehigh Valley, that's my Pennsylvania. I said, in it? He goes, well, I mean, my nephew's in it. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't. No, my nephew's a four-year-old kid. You know, he had one line in the movie. And I said, your nephew? He goes, yeah, it's my sister's kid. And I, I, I looked at him for a second. I said, uh, is your sister, your sister's blonde? Uh, and uh, he, he was like, do you know my sister? Some complete stranger sent me a picture in our website of this little boy. And attached to the picture of the little boy was his resume, where I read the name of the movie that the guy said. And also attached was a commercial audition with him and his mom, that so I could see his mom and him in a commercial audition where they were both auditioning. So I read, and all I said back to, that's a cute kid, I'm sure we could use him. But if I didn't open that one email on that one day right. and, and read that one resume, an email from a complete stranger... I wouldn't have had the information that connected me to the guy. So you you got to believe God wanted me to meet that man and to have something to talk to him about. God. Not not me, not fate, not chaos, not any other thing in Hollywood. Everybody takes it. I live in a town where not everybody the takes secret, credit. Not the, not the <laughs> secret, not the power. <laughs> Someone came to my life and they kept saying, they, they were interviewing me. They wanted me to maybe do a TV show for them. And they kept saying, you know, you should read The Secret. You should read The Secret. And then after a day of, of spending time with me, she said, actually, I just realized you, you actually live The Secret. It's not about where you put the mirrors in your house. It's not about the feng shui. It's about waking up in the morning, accepting the challenge of life, uh, meeting God's obligation for you. And it's hard sometimes. Sometimes you want to dig in and say no. And sometimes, look, we're, we're, our movie's being distributed in a few weeks. And it's, you know, we keep hitting bumps. And I was doing all these interviews. And then I went up to my room and I was dealing. And I started raising my voice at the distributor. And he started getting defensive. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that guy. What am I? I don't want to be an accuser. I don't want I want to just be a... a uh, intercessor, I want to be. I want to help you. I want to accuse you. Tell me how I can help you. You know, because because every day we're stuck with. You know, you could either do it God's way or you could do it your way, and your way is always wrong, and God's way is always right. That wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. That wisdom to know the difference is is where we all where we all get caught. I think. You're, I think Daniel. God bless you. You're absolutely right. Getting Grace is a beautiful movie, oh, man. Thank you. It really is. This film is. Heartwarming, heartbreaking, and at the same time, it's fun-loving and irreverent. It's a beautiful movie, man. Oh, it's you. a beautiful movie. But there's this scene, a really cute scene, where Grace is meeting with an Episcopalian minister. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I think he's the hospital chaplain or yeah, something yeah. like that. And she says, she says this to the chaplain. Well, looky here. Now, this is a miracle. You have an actual honest-to-God Bible in your hippie, new-age, Episcopalian office. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the, the, I think the only person really mad about that one was my mom, who's, uh, who's uh, a Catholic turned Episcopalian. Um, 
So what what we set up in that story is she keeps finding in that we, we thought it would be funny to have no character be exact. Like if you're watching a movie and you go to an, a, a minister's office, now he just happens to be Episcopalian because that's what we chose. It could have been Methodist. It could have been Lutheran. But... Uh, but he's a new way, like he's got in it, he's got the secret and he's got the power of now. And yeah, the power of now was yeah, the one she was yeah, referring she's to. Point, funny. She's finding these other, these other books and, uh, and, and she's, he goes, uh, someone may have left them here. Like he immediately lies about them. And uh, that, Jeff and I just thought it would be amazing if there was no character in the movie who turned out to be what you thought they would be. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I got uh, flax the wrong word, but you know, uh, I've I've one comment that I've received, and I haven't heard a lot of negative comments. Was you know, in the course of the movie, there's uh, they all the characters change. God's God's grace is visited on all of them uh, through grace. It's an allegory for God's grace, and uh, the, the at the end, the bishop makes kind of a leap beyond his proclaimed faith. I got a, you know, I got a little slap down for that. Oddly, there was no, no, no pat on my back for all the people who came to, who came to the realization that, that life is worth living. Let's take a second and listen to the trailer for Getting Grace. Grace has always had a strange way of doing things. She's a funny kid. It's extraordinary to see how her mind works. She's dealing with this better than most people at her advanced stage. Fascinating occupation. This is my business. Just, I don't have time for your pranks. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to call the police. Hello, police. I'm being held hostage in my beautiful funeral home by a bald, sickly-looking teenage girl. Can I ride in the hearse? Wait your turn. She is delightful. Yeah, she's a barrel of laughs. Every one of them inappropriate. Where are you going, Welcher? I'm not going to fall for your tricks. It's just normalcy, Bill. Don't be afraid of being normal. Well, look who's talking. I want to believe because I believe, not because I'm afraid of dying. Teach me. To bend spoons or to believe? It's the dying that really is easy. How am I doing? You don't choose to die. It just happens when it happens. But living right takes fighting and commitment and honor and all those things that are so hard for so many humans. I'm not strong. Not like you. Some people get grace, and others never will. So when I get to the other side, do you want me to contact you? How about we not get ahead of ourselves? How about we start with the other side of the table, see how that goes? Why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Because I've seen no proof to the contrary that 
it's uh, it's not real. You know, I'm I'm sitting here with you today, uh, talking about this this dream that I had, that uh, you know God put in my heart. So uh, you know, I have a beautiful family. I've 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 I'm a man who. Uh, you know, it took me three times to, to get it right. I had one wife who's the perfect mother to the perfect children. I have an, a new wife who's a perfect partner who brought me two more perfect children. Uh, a first wife who traveled with me, who, who took the journey with me from Bethlehem to uh, Hollywood, which was a, a huge, a huge thing to ask of a person. Uh, but she took it with me. So I, I've only ever had help. Uh, and I never, ever, ever think that I do this on my own. And I think if I couldn't, if I started believing, that's where people get in trouble. If, if, your, ego, if your ego convinces you that you did it, uh, you're, you're, you're lost. Uh, so I believe in Jesus Christ because uh, I was led, led that way by my, my parents uh, who come from a faithful, you know, Polish Catholic and uh, Pennsylvania Dutch Catholic upbringing. Uh, and uh, daily I see, I see how living, living Christ's simple commands, do unto others, I've used what have them do unto yourself, and uh, love one another. And, uh, you know, through his parables, through his teachings, uh, I've always tried to be the Good Samaritan, so, uh, again, excuse me. I believe in him because he's here with me now. He is, man. He is, brother. So, you know, if, if you're someone listening to this broadcast who doesn't believe, what I'd say is forget everything else. Go get a Bible. Just read what he said. Cut everything else out. Just read what Christ said. The parables, the teachings, his verbiage, and and just start there. Don't start with any interpretation other than what you think it means. Start there, and uh, you know, you might find that it works. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Daniel Roebuck, the movie is Getting Grace, Thank you. a beautiful, sweet film. I'm so glad you made this movie, and I look forward to your future work, man. Oh, thank, thank you, you thank you. God bless you. Getting Grace's website is gettinggracethemovie.com, and the movie debuts on March 23rd, 2018. But if you're near Cincinnati, Ohio, you can get a sneak peek on March 17th at Regal Deer Deerfield in Mason, Ohio. I'll put the details in this episode's show notes, along with all the other links at onfaithsedge.com slash 94. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 94. Next episode, I'll talk with Academy Award nominee actor Jen Gotson Chandler on the DVD release of My Daddy is in Heaven. Jen is one that feels her faith deeply and it really shows in this conversation. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Daniel Roebuck for being with us and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. 
You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsurge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. If I had to watch one show for the rest of my life, it would be The Andy Griffith Show. Nothing makes you feel better about life. The best one, my favorite Andy Griffith show is one called Rafe Hollister Sings. yes. My gosh, what a feel-good episode. I mean, everything, you get everything. You get get Barney trying to be Barney, trying to be more than what he is, you know? But still, you get Andy trying to kind of... Guide him, guide him, keep him from getting hurt. You get this performance from Rafe Hollister that is just tear jerking, yeah. beautiful, just fantastic. fantastic. Well, so, so now it's interesting you're saying this. So, the Andy Griffith Show, let's say, is not only a uh, 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 high point in American television; it's also a uh, a roadmap for the kind of stories I'm I'm trying to get out there. Yeah, that, I, that's. You know, I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed by it. I know it's not how it's normally done in Hollywood. Um, you you won't find, frankly, a more a more. I'm going to choose these words carefully, but I don't think I'm wrong. Uh, I'll bet you, you it would be hard to find a more Christian themed show than the Andy Griffith Show. A Christian themed show that was mainstream. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't. That wasn't designed for the Christian audience. The Judeo-Christian values that it supported in society, forgiveness, redemption, protection. Absolutely. You know, Barney's relationship with Andy was not only like comic gold, it was also always infused with uh, Andy protecting him Mm -hmm. from himself. Absolutely. Uh, so beautiful show. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. I'd like to meet someone who's like, I hated the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, come think, on. You're you have no soul. <laughs> That's right. 